Destroy! 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 Company! Destroy! 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 Company! Destroy! Destroy! Company! Destroy! Destroy! Company! Destroy! 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 Company! All righty, listeners, welcome to another week of Ross Purdy Destroys Comedy, part two of our all over the world edition. And this would have been the perfect time to have Daft Punks around the world, but we don't. We don't have that. We still don't have that song. I keep looking up Daft Punk songs. Uh, get lucky, uh, harder, better, faster, stronger. Can't find around the world, which is the one I need for this specific type of episode. Because today, my guest, he's, in all, he's all the way in Japan. Japan. Yeah, that's crazy nuts, so balls to me. I haven't even left my house, let alone go to another country that's that far away. Uh, I don't know if you can give me any advice about breaking into the Japanese comedy scene, but today I'm just looking for some advice how to get my dang horror movie made. Does this guy, <laughs> this guy's a director right here. Dave Jackson, everybody. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, mate. Do you want to know a bit about the Japanese comedy scene here? Yeah, do you know anything? I need, I need some hot tips. All I know is that there's a a comedy club here called ROR, R-O-R, as in like lol, but said with a Japanese accent, which seems kind of racist to me. Okay, but they're the ones doing it, right? No, it's it's owned by white people. It's owned by white people. Okay, then it is racist as hell. I've I've never walked inside, but the the signs always made me pretty uncomfortable. How is, it, how is it still open? Do people just, do, do locals just walk by and go, oh, they don't get it? Or they just That's think a good like. Question. Yeah, they probably, I, I, I imagine they probably just like, oh, whatever. And <laughs> not interested in that. <laughs> not going in there. I'll just speak with my wallet. Thank you very much. <laughs> so to speak. Okay, so racist white people, they've set up shop. They're here. Okay. So a white person like me that isn't racist, but is a bit oh, you're cultu- have trouble. It's a bit culturally <laughs> ignorant. Oh yeah, might be all right. Maybe I might be <laughs> accidentally racist sometimes, <laughs> but it's not purposeful. It's all love. Do you think it's what they say when they get pulled up on that? It's accidental. It's all love. Yeah. There's, oh no, we we didn't mean it. I don't. What do you mean? It's racist. But also, I refuse to change. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, well, speaking to Dave Jackson, uh, film director, short film director. Where did you get your start? Let's, go, love- back, let's go back to the beginning. I like the, uh, I like the downgrade there. <laughs> director, short film director. <laughs> Uh, it's not a, everything is an upgrade. I mean, sometimes things are better when they are shorter. You don't want something that's too long, you know? You want something yeah, that's yeah. lean and tight. That's true, yeah. None of my films are very lean and tight, though. Uh, where did I get my, my start? Was that the question? Yes. And when I say start, I don't mean your career. I mean in life. How did you start life? How was I born? I mean, I guess you can say it like that. How were you born? I prefer to say it like... How'd you get your start in life? Uh, but not related to film. Just how, how unless, it all begun. Unless you were making films in the uterus. And if you were, let's call up freaking Guinness right now, baby. <laughs> well, I could have been. I, I have no memories of that time. So oh, shit. say I wasn't. Oh, shit. You were well, making films in utero? Probably. Wouldn't surprise me. You were making music videos for the Nirvana album in utero while in utero? That's crazy. I 
I, I could have been. We should ask um, uh, Dave, David Grohl of the Dave. band Nirvana. Uh, Davy Grohl is what he prefers. Dave, oh, sorry, Davy Grohl. Davy Grohl, yeah. And the bass playing guy. Andy Kaufman? Is that his name? Andy Kaufman? Was Andy, Andy Kaufman. Kaufman in Nirvana? He was. He pretended to dive and he came out as a bass player for Nirvana. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I'll have to write that down in my diary later to remember that. And Bill Hicks is the guy from InfoWars. Boom. Is he? Oh Boom. my god. Boom. You've taught me a lot of things already, Russ. I've learned so much from you. But I learned I know very little about you and I want to learn the truth. Okay. When you well, were born. When when I when I was born. <laughs> yes. Uh I was born in Melbourne in nineteen eighty five. Oh shit, that's where I was born. Oh really? In nineteen eighty five? Well, not the year, but Melbourne. Oh, okay. Oh, there we go. So, got that in common. I'll tell you something. <laughs> I'll tell you something, David. Dave. Davey. This podcast is based in Melbourne. I usually speak really? to Mel. I, I speak to Melbourne people all the time. And you're over there. You're in Japan. Well, I am a Melbourne person. I just live in Japan. Right. Okay. Is that your story? You're sticking to it? Yeah. yeah. That's how right. it works. Okay. <laughs> so when you plopped out of that uterus, were you just did you did you were you armed with a film camera? I don't think so, mate. No, I, that didn't come until until later, not until my teen teen boy years. Okay, so what fucked up thing happened in your life that made <laughs> you want to make films? I don't know. I, I had a very a very normal life. Ross, that nothing, oh, so nothing sorry. bad happened to me. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I, I don't have any any sad moments in my life. Already, no dark things happened. Um, yeah, so I'm afraid I can't can't really give you anything there. <laughs> Could you fabricate something because it makes it gives you a sense of mystique and really it helps the podcast. It helps you. Mm. You know, people will be interested and they'll seek out your works. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, well, yeah, actually, what the one thing that did happened to me when I was a kid is um, my parents um, left on a holiday with my family yeah. and I, I get I got left in the house um, and it was really fun at first but then these two guys tried to, to break in um, but it ended up being okay I set up some traps and stuff like that uh, so yeah it was, it was pretty good okay so did you try giving a Snickers bar to like one of the criminals because they seem like um, they're Joe Pesci. They're short and angry. But you give them a Snickers, <laughs> they're just hungry. Yeah, yeah. That worked pretty well. And then he, he turned into... What happens in that ad? I can't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen that. Does he turn into a lady? Uh, yes, a beautiful woman. He was a beautiful woman. <laughs> he turns into a beautiful lady, yeah. Uh, which, <laughs> which was great as a kid. I mean, it was very... It kind of did my fucking head in, to be honest. As a child, I didn't know what was going on. Joe Pesci came in, gave him a Snickers by, he turned into a beautiful lady. Actually, that probably sexually confused me a lot. Yes, and That's now, why you, I, yeah, you can't now I get very any... horny when I watch Goodfellas. You can't see any partner without seeing Joe Pesci. Yeah. Well, I mean, all my partners look like Joe Pesci. Right. Okay, now this is yeah. gold. This is gold right now. <laughs> and Betty White, of course. Yeah, yeah, because you... She's in a Snickers ad too, right? Yeah, yeah, she's playing the football, she's playing football. And then she gets a Snickers bar and she turns into Joe Pesci, right? Yes, who is a great football athlete. <laughs> Famously, yeah. Yep. Well, actually, he doesn't throw the ball so good, he just, he's just great with being like a real wise ass. And yeah, that yeah. distracts the other team. <laughs> Hey, pass me the fucking ball. I don't know. I can't do a Joe Pesci. What is it? Can you do a Joe Pesci? <clears throat> I'll try. Hold on. I'm walking here. <laughs> it's not even one of his lines. <laughs> yes. He famously pimped out John Voight in that movie, Midnight Cowboy. <laughs> and he's Ben Stiller's dad in that movie. Which one? Something about Mary. Yeah, that's the one. There's something <laughs> about Mary and the Fockers. 
Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Bobby De Niro walks in and goes, "Ah, can you milk me, fucker?" <laughs> Robert De Niro is a cow. <laughs> So you ever thought about casting Robert De Niro in one of your movies? Give you your yeah, like yeah. stage? Yeah, yeah, I'll probably get him in my next uh, short film that I make. Yeah, to play all the roles. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. You like do the Irishman style, digitally age him down so you can play like a young oh. baby? I was thinking the other way around, just make him really fucking old, <laughs> like a few hundred years old. <laughs> Dude, he's already so old already. How much older do you want him to be? He can't be that. He's only like 40, right? <sighs> oh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> he's an old 40. <laughs> he's an old 40. So, I do really like that idea of a De Niro baby. <laughs> Teenaged. Motion captured Robert De Niro as a baby. He goes up to the Ben Stiller and says, Can you breastfeed me, fucker? <laughs> well, crawls up, obviously, because he's a baby. No, he walks. This baby can walk <laughs> on its legs. Two little legs. It'll look like that Ali McBeal episode. Right. But, like, but we should also have lots of De Niro babies, I think. Yes. <laughs> about Maybe about 10. <laughs> This is a world where, a dystopian world where old babies are De Niro babies. <laughs> that sounds really good. I'm going to, I'm going to make this. Okay. What, you can what, make credit, what credit do you want? Um, executive producer. All right. It's not much of, it's not a very good credit, but all right. Uh, it's more one of those non, non-creative role. Yeah. I mean, I want to get paid that money, right? For that vanity credit. Uh. Yeah, yeah, and this this is a film that will make a lot of money, I think. Definitely, yes. <laughs> All right, so you got born. Uh, got born. You got uh, born. You were a teen. You started making movies. Yeah. Where did that, where did that go? Uh, after I was a teen and made movies. Yeah, you started making. While I was a- you started making movies. Yeah. Okay. How did that go? Where did where did that lead to? Uh, it led to film school. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I made a, a bunch of films when I was in, in high school and they're really bad. You don't want to see those, mate. They're real I think bad. I do. Oh, no. They were also made when it was very popular to be very edgy. So they're probably, there's probably a lot of stuff in it that would, would make me very uncomfortable to watch now. When some, one of the characters says says lol but with an R instead oh. of L. Yeah, that that's yeah, that does happen in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're getting and to uh <clears throat> yeah, so yeah, I, I did a bunch of films in, in high school, made all my friends hate me, and then I went to to film school. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> okay, so film school. You went to film school. One yeah. of your teachers was a J.K. Simmons from Whiplash type. He kept, That's true, yeah. He kept and making you film scenes over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, was... not, my, not my lighting. He needs yeah. to get the lighting specifically right. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, that was awful. Just constantly readjusting the red headlights and my fingers were burnt to a crisp, mate. It was awful. But... If it, yeah. I did it in the end. I got there in the end. You sure so what, did. What have, so what did we learn from that? Abusing children gets results. Exactly. Yeah. Well, technically you're an adult because you're in college. Yeah. Yeah. Adults Young abusing adult. adult adults abusing adults is okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't okay in Whiplash. No. Wait, he's he's an he's an adult in that, isn't he? Yeah. He's a young adult. That's a college, very, that's a sort of college type school, right? Music college. Yeah. 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 So it's all right. It's fine. As long as they're not kids. Yeah. Emotional torment gets results. It is true. It's true. Yeah. So uh, JK Simmons made me adjust the lights a lot. Um, and then at the end of the year, I had to make a film on a, 
film stage with everybody watching me and I was like adjusting the lights and he was off stage just whispering like not my lighting not my lighting um and then eventually it was his lighting and and I won the best film boy award okay there you go and now I'm a big famous director and now I'm a millionaire really and you live in a, yeah. a villa in Japan yeah can't you tell yeah I'm looking at it right now and that that's a villa man that's yeah. a cat. That's a cat on your pillow. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you have cats in your movies. And this brings mm. up to the main crux of this conversation. You made a movie. I thought it was a sequel to Cats and Dogs. It's not, though. It definitely was not. It was actually kind of fucked up. Yeah, you're, you're in it, aren't you? I I do believe that I funded some of this film. Yeah. It was a Kickstarter <laughs> project and I gave $50. And that was a $50. favor. And, and later on, if that's a favor, I'm going to ask back. <laughs> All right. Sure. <laughs> so you made this fucked up film involving cats, but it's not a sequel to Cats and Dogs. No. You can explain cats and Dogs that. already has a sequel. Yeah. Well, you know, it could be like a third film. Nah, that they don't do that. You can only do one sequel. No, you know, so some name people... one name one franchise that has a third film. You can't do it. Shrek. Ah, uh, that's true. That is true. <laughs> there is a Shrek 3D. Yeah, but they had to call it 3D. They couldn't call it Shrek 3 because that breaks the rules. Yes, yes. Uh, the D stands for dumb. Because it's because it's the dumbest one of all the films. That wasn't particularly smart in the first place. <laughs> mm. I'd love to make a Shrek film one day. But like that Shrek is love, Shrek is life type thing. The what? Sorry, say again. Shrek is love, Shrek is life. Yeah, 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 yeah. My life is all about Shrek. Okay, sure. Shrek and Minions. Big fan of both those films. Okay, and none of those things influenced you when you made this cat film? Oh, Minions did, definitely. Okay, okay. Well, okay, now that you say that, I see a little bit of influence. They're pretty, I mean, they're pretty similar. Um, you could tell I took a lot of plot points from the Minions movie when I made Catsick Blues. Mm. And there you go. Cat Sick Blues, that's the film. And it's oh, yeah, of... I, I revealed it kind of unceremoniously. Yeah. Do you want to del- erase that bit? We could make it a bit more. Yeah, okay. Put sure. some, yeah, put some fanfare behind it, put some trumpets or something. Yeah. Can you I'll, edit in some trumpets? I'll edit in some trumpets and stuff. Okay, three, mm. two, one. Cat Sick Blues. Oh, <laughs> shit. In, in this part, could you put just like, wild cheering but like intense like maybe get some audio from woodstock or something mm-hmm. have that but then layer it over like about 10 times and then maybe just have maybe could you just record yourself screaming yes like yes. really like blood curdling ter- kind of terrified but excited scream mm-hmm. yeah, that over the top. i'll take some audio from andy kaufman's posthumous comedy album where most of the time mm. he's just on the phone, fucking with women, treating with yeah, badly. Put, put that in as well, but yeah. maybe tweak the audio, make it a bit distorted, so you, yeah. you can't quite make it out as well. Mm-hmm. Sure, yes. And, this and then is just also record an old man just spitting on the ground. Yeah, because he's... He, he doesn't like he, the he cats doesn't like he, he doesn't also, like it. He also thought it was going to be a Cats and Dogs sequel, and he was highly disappointed. Yeah. So it's sort of, it's like angry spitting. You know when old men angrily spit? Yeah, when they're just... And is that how you describe the film Cat Sick Blues? It's kind of an angry old man spit? Uh, yeah, maybe not Maybe not an old man. Maybe a young, an angry young boy spitting. Ah, <laughs> oh, sort of like, fuck you society, here's my saliva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And not spitting on the ground, but like sort of spitting up, directly yeah. up into the sky. But it doesn't come back down. It shoots off into the sky. Yeah, it lands on God's very powerful. Face. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. 
That's exactly how I would describe it. That's what it says on the back of the DVD cover. Like, like a, a small boy spitting directly up into the sky and the spit hitting God right right in the bloody face, mate. And it says that exactly. Exactly that, yeah. Exactly that. And that's the review from RogerEbert.com as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was he alive when the film came. Well, out? that's that's why I was watching. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Let's com. say let's say he did it. Yeah. Mm. Well, <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, it's not not Roger Ebert. It's his uh his mate. His sons. Le- I assume all his sons run that site. Yeah, just leeching off his name. Yeah. <laughs> so how did this how did this film get made? Uh. Oh, you already said it through the Kickstarter. You funded it. Your $50, $50 paid for everything. Exactly. I paid for so much practical effects. Yeah. <laughs> All the, the cat penis, you paid for that. Sure. You actually demanded that was in the film. Right. When you put your 50 bucks forward. Because we, yeah. we just had quite a normal film. And, and you, yeah, I remember you said, we need, uh, you're, like, you, can I, you're like, can I check out the script? I'm like, yeah, sure. I sent it over. And you're like, it's not bad, but needs a cat dick and i was a bit confused at first but eventually you know you sort of bullied us into putting that into the the film and when you think about it i mean you were trying to excuse it as sort of okay well maybe it's like a psychosexual thing Mm. uh with the cat man i said no Mm -mm. it's just that cat dildos with the spikes in it that's a great image don't give me this freud bullshit yeah just like just like cat dicks it's a guy with a penis, like a fake rubbery penis with spikes. Yeah. That's no, hilarious. Yeah. And it's not, yeah, it's, it is not a sexual thing. As you said, you wanted it to just be, it's just the thing attached to it. It's not, it's not sexual. Why would not anyone think it's sexual? No, not at all. Mm. Yeah. So that's how it came about. You put your money in. That was enough to get it made. That $15. <laughs> If only, if only, that's what a strange world that would be. Uh, now nah, we needed a bit more than your $50, to be honest. I had to bankrupt myself to make the film. Ah, but morally or financially? Better both. Okay. So where do you go to get the loan, the morality loans? Uh, you just have to use what you've built up over your life the morals that your your parents have uh, instilled in you and society. And then you, yeah, you just got to, yeah, spend it all. <laughs> okay. And I just want to uh, alliterate this film fucked up. It is. Yeah. Why did it's it have to, get, of- why, why did you feel the need to tell this story? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> I just really like uh, I just really like cats, mate, and I wanted to just express my love of cats through this film. Sure, but there's like so many ways you could have done that. How? How? I don't understand. How else could I do it? Stock footage of cats just rolling around and playing for ninety minutes instead of like this fucked up guy just running around, you know, trying to kill people trying to kill nine peoples because he thinks that will bring his cat back or something. Yeah, yeah, but that's that, that's already been done, the footage of uh, cats rolling about. No, it hasn't. Not for 90 minutes. Not a theatrical release. It has, actually. Okay. In, in Japan, this... there's a whole a film series of just films of cats walking around with uh, gentle music playing. So I saw that. So that's what I was going to make initially, but then I saw that was released in Japan. So I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't do that. Then it's been done. And Cats yeah. and Dogs have, has been done, which was also clearly made to express a person's love of cats and dogs, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, it was the only option I had left was Cats and Blues. Right. And I was going through a weird stage in my life. I wanted the cat dildo thing in there. And that really did change the direction. Yeah. Of the film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, actually, the the original script, uh, it really wasn't that fucked up. It was actually pretty. It was just a kind of a more of a sad kind of melodrama, 
And then when we had the cat dick, it was like, well, none of it really makes sense anymore. So we now have to build the film around this cat dick, essentially. <laughs> yeah, so you, you kind of ruined the film in a lot of ways. Or, or made it what it was, depending on your, your point of view. I definitely remember going to that cast and crew screening uh, f- five years ago or so now. I think it was about 15 years ago. It feels like that, but it wasn't. No, I think it was. It I came remember. out in 2005. <laughs> yes, 2005. I remember mm. going to see that cast and crew screening and I thought, what, what hell have I wrought? <laughs> if only I hadn't suggested the cat dildo, we wouldn't have all this <laughs> other stuff in there. You were you were really emotional at that screening. I remember you were just screaming and crying. I was hyperventilating. I'm like, why is there so much blood in here? This isn't yeah. what I wanted. I yeah, just you wanted weren't a, happy. Just wanted a man just as a cat with a cat dildo. Yeah. I didn't want all this horribly horrible horror gore. Hmm. Yeah, it was it was really uncomfortable when you got up in front of everyone and started just wailing and it was you we couldn't understand what you were saying i think you were trying to talk but it was mostly just screaming and you were just punching your own chest over and over and screaming right into the microphone <laughs> it was really that was awful mate, that was a you, really I, bad screening mate are you describing me at that screening or my 2016 comedy festival show <laughs> well that's what you based your comedy show on right was that experience it really was um for me seeing that film in that cast and crew screening it was like the apocalypse was happening <laughs> and just seeing what happened with that cat dildo was kind of like having fake semen like being smeared by myself wait say that again it was like having it's like smearing fake- Smearing myself in fake semen. How is how is it like that? Well, when you think about it, semen comes from comes out of dicks. Oh, it does, doesn't it? But how was that like smearing yourself with semen? Ah, uh, humiliating, and, fake, and specifically fake semen as well. Well, I mean, as the Adelaide Advertiser wrote, at least I hope it's fake semen. <laughs> it was that a fa- real. Is that a real review? I don't know. It might be real, might not be not. You don't know in this show. Oh, uh, com- Comedians listening to this know exactly. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Oh, wow. That's exactly a review I got. How did you make the fake semen? I've had to make fake come before in a short film. What did you use? I just used um, this like oral liquid you take to help you with... Um, oh, what is it? It's called high pole. It's like this weird fish liquid. It looks exactly like. <laughs> I'll have to keep that in mind for next time. And yes, I used uh, I used face wash, like it's a uh, Cetaphil face wash. It it kind of looks like cum, but like very healthy cum, not my not my like my cum. My cum's pitch black. But can I be sincere for a quick second and say, seeing that film, I think it was 2015, seeing this unbridled, unbridled creative freedom, this anarchy, inspired my 2016 comedy festival show that everyone hated. So thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) You shouldn't have done it. It was a mistake. You do really, really, really clean comedy now, don't you? Oh, like just sort of very, very gentle observational stuff. Can you give oh. us a bit of your observational comedy? Yep, sure. <clears throat> Has anybody ever sucked on a pair of dog nipples and thought, "Wow, he can't believe there's four more of these." <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. Did you steal that from Seinfeld? Yes, definitely. And that's on one of my YouTube videos now. And Jerry Seinfeld has just sent me cease and desist uh, emails. You've got to stop telling the dog nipple joke. 
that's mine. <laughs> so I retaliated with a parody of comedians in cars getting coffee. <laughs> oh, yeah. Called uh, comedian in car pissing on himself. <laughs> Sounds really good. Did you put that up on YouTube or they, they probably don't allow that? It's all on YouTube, baby. Ross Purdy, look me up. I got some videos on there. It's crazy. It's wild. Um, in some cases, maybe I hadn't learned my lesson from my 2016 comedy festival show. It and sounds like you haven't. No, I really haven't. But my reviews are getting better. So was I just ahead of my time or am I just getting better at <laughs> No, I think it's because I'm just going to say I was ahead of my time. Makes me feel better. Makes me feel like yeah, a genius. Yeah. You ever do mm. that? You ever say, I'm ahead of my time and it helps you feel like a, a genius? Oh, yeah, I do that all the time. Just in my daily life. Finish something at my boring office job and just be like, I'm ahead of my time. It's not even in context of anything that I'm doing. I just say it to myself all the time. You so, often describe yourself as the John Coltrane of comedy, don't you? Yeah, my comedy, it's like freeform jazz. Yeah. <laughs> in some ways, this podcast is a lot like freeform jazz. I mean, I don't come in with a yeah. plan. I just start playing my freaking, my brains and my mouth. Mm. And then I come out with some fucking gold, mate. Yeah. Yeah, when I, when I asked uh, my friend Matt, who you know as well, I was like, like, what is this podcast? You know anything about this? And he said, yeah, he's kind of like, do you know, he was like, do you know that album, The Shape of Jazz? <laughs> do you know that Ornette Coleman album, The Shape of Jazz? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, it's like that. And I'm like, got it. I know exactly what you mean. Thank you. That is, that's higher praise. That's higher praise from, for Ryder from Off the Wedge. <laughs> It's all That's love, he, Matt. It's yeah. all love, Matt. It's all love, Matt. Please come on the show. <laughs> hey, the wedge was ahead of its time. If you watch it now, yeah, like back yeah. then it wasn't funny, but you watch it now, it's just, it's very good. It's very ahead of its time. Oh, yeah. Them just running like um, character quirks and catchphrases into the ground is actually a very pertinent case of anti comedy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. I, you know, with The Wedge, I used to, like, I've, I've watched that show many times and, like, sort of hate watched it, but I, I now I can't remember anything from that show. Can you, can you remind me of a few of their famous sketches? Uh, there was, like, a farmer guy that would try to make speeches, but he kept getting, like, hounded by flies and stuff. <laughs> I, I remember That's that. That's pretty funny. That's pretty good. Yeah, but they it's ran in... They ran into the ground. Um, Rebel <laughs> Wilson was like this crazy schoolgirl or something who had a vlog or something. Those are the okay. two things I remember about the wedge. I uh, do remember that vlog thing a little bit. Hmm. Wasn't there a sketch um, with a big cat dick? Oh, no, that, that's my film. Didn't Matt keep pitching that? And that's how I got the idea. I'm like... Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the inception. He pitched it on the wedge. He told me about it. And I'm like, okay, mm. I'll contribute 50 bucks and fund this thing. But you got to mm. put a cat dick in this film. And you, yeah, and you, yeah. Both of you, you, you and Matt were both like, look, it doesn't really fit in this film. And I said, you fucking find a way. Mm. It would have worked in the wedge, but not in Cat Sick, please. I think Matt, Matt's really obsessed with um, self-fellation. I don't know if you've talked to him much, but he the one sketch he always wanted to get on the wedge was uh, a sketch of just him. He's not even a cast member, but he wanted to have a scene of him just self-fellating himself. And he wanted it to take up sort of half the runtime of the show. And there wasn't a really a punchline. So, I don't know. But he's... Yeah, he wanted that in Catsick Blues as well, but we had I had to really fight him on it. He wanted the finale to sort of be the Catman just sort of fellating himself, but just for, I think he wanted like 30 minutes of the runtime. So we, we shot the scene, but I wasn't rolling the camera. <laughs> so you just let him go. Yeah, yeah. You it let took, him go. It, was, it took a really long time. 
Well, when you think about when you think about it, Matt, he was just taking what was in America, and he was trying to bring it to Australian comedy. Mm. Like you would have things on some like alternative comedy shows in America, where it's like, oh, a main character is following an ant for eleven minutes, or mm. there's a puppet going around for like a whole half hour trying to get people to make on the street make better TV. And he just wanted to bring that to the next level in Australia and literally just suck his own dick for half an hour. Mm. It's yeah. I, I would agree with you that you'd think that's where it came from, but Matt mostly just watches big bang theory. So I don't think he was watching any of that alternative comedy. I suppose big bangs kind of alternative, alternative comedy, isn't it? In oh a way. yeah. In a way it's the alternative to comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> uh, there was that one episode where Sheldon sucked his dick for half an hour. Maybe yeah, that's, that's good inspiration. Yeah. Can you do a, a Sheldon impersonation? I'd really like to hear that if you could. Okay, he's Sheldon sucking his own dick. Gobble 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 gobble. Bazinga! <laughs> Pretty good. Can you do an impersonation of um, the other guy from Big Bang Theory sucking his dick? The main guy, Johnny Galecki. Yeah, okay. Glug, 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 Sheldon! <laughs> Why, how come Sheldon, his sound effect was gobble, <laughs> and other guy was glug, which is, implies that he's drinking the whole time, which is very worrying. Mate, he's got so much semen backed up in his scrot. <laughs> He's just constantly ejaculating. Jesus Christ. I haven't learned anything from my 2016 comedy festival show. <laughs> was it, was your 2016 show like all cum based comedy? <laughs> there was probably too much cum related stuff in that show, but this was kind of my like punk rock. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> to, um, mainstream comedy of the last year where, there was a thing, uh, semen jokes and alternative comedy was a big thing. So I decided, huh, you want semen jokes? Well, here's a whole carton of cigarettes. <laughs> and then everyone got, did come. Yep, and everyone got cancer, then wrote me bad reviews. Cancer from the cum? Yeah. Cum, cum is very funny, though. You know what's funny about squirt? Huh? You know what's funny about squirt? That's pretty funny. <laughs> Should we just sit in silence for a while? Yeah, I say always in this show, dead air is just real life. And if you're afraid of dead air, you're afraid of real life. You're afraid of stewing <laughs> in just realness. But this does remind me. I need a favor. Yeah. Uh, for that 50 bucks? For the 50 bucks. And I did mm -hmm. say earlier in the show, I want to break in and make a horror movie. Mm -hmm. So our regular listeners know, a uh, previous episode, I pitched a sequel to a very famous horror movie. Mm. Apocalypse Now. Okay. What happens in the sequel? Well, it's just the exact same film as the first one, but set in Thailand. Okay, sounds pretty good. Yeah, this is what we call the Todd Phillips method. Okay. So what I need is, I need a director for this thing. Now, we already got the script. It's just the script of the first one, but everything's changed to Thailand. Mm. Makes sense. <clears throat> and could, instead of Martin Sheen, we have Ed Helms with a pair of tits? That's, yeah, that's, that's possible. So could you get like Ed Helms on the ringer maybe after this show and then try to get him? Oh, you want me to direct it? Yes. Why don't I, you, I reckon it might be better. I don't know if I'm suited to it. I think you need someone, I don't know, like maybe Peter Greenaway or something like that. Yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> this isn't the place for your like obscure references that very little people get. This is a, a palatable comedy show all right, all right well let, let me think of a, a less obscure one. all right get steven spielberg on the line okay wow you two extremes <laughs> right there okay i mean 
Spielberg would just say, like, just get Ford Coppola to do it. I mean, he did the first one. And I'm like, no. Is he, is he still is he still alive? He's still kicking. Is Ford Coppola? Right, well, still he could do it then. Yeah, but I don't I can't afford him. No, oh, okay. I can't afford. <laughs> Dave Jackson. Can you afford Ed Helms? Uh mate, everyone can afford Ed Helms. <laughs> You saw him on that Netflix show with now Auntie Donna. Yeah. He'll do anything for a slice of bread. <laughs> and that's the truth. So in the, cause obviously after you do this apocalypse, now you're going to do the third apocalypse now. So what no. happens in the third one? Huh? No, 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 no third one. No. Why not? Everything, everything gets tied up in the second one. Ah, uh, that's true. Oh, and as we, Oh, sorry. And also, I've, I've broken my own rule of, like, no third film as well. Yeah, that's other another than Other than Shrek 3D. Yes, and the D stands Two's for enough. Dumb. Yep. Yeah. Two's enough. So, and, uh, so, could you direct this film for me, given that I helped fund your, quite frankly, disturbing snuff film? <laughs> well, could you, uh, are you putting up the money for this Apocalypse Now sequel? Yeah, $50. That's how much mm. the first one costed, right? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Uh, all right, okay. That you, you know, what, am I getting paid for this as well, or is, do I have to take it out of the 50 bucks? Mate, it's $50. That's the whole budget. You That's figure everything. it out. Okay, I'm not, I'm not the low producer for this thing, man. You've got to figure out the budget on your own. <laughs> All right, you got to convince me that what, what's the tagline of this film? Now it's the apocalypse. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> is it just apocalypse now two, or does it is it apocalypse now two colon Thailand adventure or something like that? What, what do you what's it going to be after two? Apocalypse now two. Now it's the apocalypse. Oh, oh, so that's the, not the, the subtitle. The subtitle and the tagline are the same thing. So on the poster, it's going to say Apocalypse Now to colon, now it's the apocalypse. And then there'll be the poster art, obviously, Ed Helms yep. uh, in a helicopter or something. And then down the bottom, the, it'll just say again, <laughs> now it's the apocalypse because it's the tagline. So it'll be on the, on the poster twice. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed, Dave, but people are dumb. Mm, and they, they need, need to see things. Yeah, we need to see it twice. So that's why we that's need to true, see Apocalypse yeah, yeah. Now twice. This time set in Thailand, ah. to give the impression that it's somewhat new. Mm, mm, mm. Is it going to yeah. be scene for scene the same? It, yes. It's, it's going to be, okay. Yes. Except mm. now it ends with, um, we get, Mar get Marlon Brando back to life. But this time, Ed Helms kills Marlon Brando by um, shoveling uh, butter down his mouth okay but he's also killing the real marlon brando mm. on on, on on film mm -mm. and marlon brando doesn't know this is going to happen well we're not going to tell him because we don't know if he can react you know realistically to having butter shoved down his throat sure sure it sounds like a pretty good plan the only thing just something that you said there that i feel like you kind of glossed over you said, um, we're going to get, so Marlon Brando, we're going to get him back to life. Yes. Um, do you, uh, as far as I know that, I don't think that's something you can do. Okay. Well, Mr. Lex ambition over here. Well, I mean, I'm open to suggestions if you have ideas of, you know, how you're going to uh, get him back to life. How are you okay. going to do it? Okay. Have you seen the Weekend of Bernie's films? I've seen number one. I've not seen number two where I've, I've heard about number two. They use like some voodoo to bring him back to life. Is that right? Yes. And a lot of the ways it is we're using voodoo. Okay. So we're going to use voodoo. Well, a lot of it is voodoo. No. Well, we're going to find someone who knows voodoo. For the meantime, we're gonna puppet his body up like he's still alive. Then we're gonna okay. do, and then eventually he's just gonna like start moving around by himself without no help. Like, okay, 
only at the end of the second one. Okay, sure. So, okay, that, all right, that, that, to be fair, that does make sense. So you're going to puppet him for most of his scenes. Yes. And then when you do the butter scene, you need him to be alive for that. Yes. Or, or kind of alive, like in that sort of voodoo sort of way. Um, because you want him to realize as you're filming it that he's being murdered. So you can yes. get a more realistic reaction. Yes. And then he's going to die for real and we're not going to bring him back to life. We're just going to... Yeah. And he's going to die on camera. Dead. Like okay. remember in the first Apocalypse Now, they kill a real buffalo. Mm -hmm. So this will be kind of like that but with Marlon Brando. Yeah, up in the ante on that. Mm -hmm. Didn't they, they kill Marlon Brando on film in the original? That's how he died, I think. No, Marlon Brando died because he had an Academy Award shovel down his throat. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. And that Native that's American, right. the Native American woman had to accept the award for him. Ah, uh, that's right. That's why she accepted the award. <laughs> it was a sad time. Yeah, it was a sad time in uh, movies, um, sad mm. time in acting. Yeah. It was, yeah, everyone was very upset for that, that year that that happened. 2007, I believe it was. Yep, the year of Ghost Rider. Yeah, <laughs> great the, year. The three tragedies, Ghost Rider, The Simpsons movie, Marlon Brando's death. <laughs> Trifecta of sadness. Yeah, sad times. Wait, Ghost Rider came out in 2007. What the sequel? One of them did. Okay. Yeah. Never, never seen a Ghost Rider film before. Okay, so it here's looks what too, too spooky for me. Here's what happens at the end of Ghost Rider. He's riding down the highway on the motorcycle, and the two rednecks that they, he saw at a bar earlier, he sees, they see the Ghost Rider, and then they shoot him. And then he just yeah. falls down, explodes. Freaking Peter Fonda has to race back and go, oh, what happened? What happened? And then he dies too. And it's a, uh, an indictment of um, 1960s corporate America. Yeah, yeah. It's a really, it's a classic piece of cinema, really. <clears throat> yep. It's weird that they made it in 2007, though. Yeah, I know. This it feels like something that would come out more in like the late 60s. Yeah, you would think so. But Dennis Hopper's hard to work with. Mm, that's true. <laughs> He directed that movie, as we all know. Yeah, and he played Ghost Rider, right? Well, that was Nicolas Cage. Well, every time it was him and his human form, it's Nicolas Cage, but every time when it's the skull, it's yeah, Dennis Hopper. Yeah, yeah, that's Dennis Hopper. And that's what people remember from the film. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Nicolas Cage, hmm. you have anything to plug? <laughs> um... Yeah, Nicolas Cage has a, a new movie out. Oh, actually, it's not new. It came out, like, last year, The Color Out of Space. Yes. Um, I watched it, and it was pretty good. Um, I don't know what Nicolas Cage has done recently. Do you want to plug anything by Nicolas Cage? Uh, well... By Nicolas Cage? Yeah. Uh, uh, written and directed. What's that, what's that film he did? Where he's like uh, on Trespass? The, yeah, he's on the road. On oh, Ghost Rider? No, no, another film. He, it ends with him singing Elvis. Oh, uh, Wild at Heart? Wild at Heart, yes. Is that the oh, one, the David uh, Lynch film? Yeah, I want to plug that. All right, cool. With the fucked baby in it. Wait, is this... <laughs> wait, is this... <laughs> you getting your... Wait, what's going on here? Is that Wild at Heart? Yeah, the it fucked baby. With the fucked baby, it could barely be alive. It has to like suck with some gas mask. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it goes, oh baby wants to fuck. Ugh, That's you know? right, yeah, yeah. Remember that, that? That yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. And in mm. heaven, in heaven, everything is nice. Mm -hmm. Great film. <clears throat> uh, you're also gonna plug Apocalypse Now too. Now I see Apocalypse because you're clearly on board for that. Uh yeah, yeah. Let's let's plug it. Um. I wouldn't mind, let's do a, I know you're already putting in 50 bucks, but let's do a crowd funder for it as well. So could you maybe set up a crowd, like a Kickstarter, and then I'll just say, 
so I'll just say here now, like, oh, so go to, and then can you put a robot voice saying the, the web address, yes, like yes. www.kickstarter. So yeah, guys, um, we're running a Kickstarter for Apocalypse uh, now to, wait, what was the, the now tagline? It's, now it's the Apocalypse. Now it's the Apocalypse. Uh, so go to, and yeah, yeah, if you could donate to that, that'd be great. There you go. And we got Zach Braff involved, that guy. I mean, just to get for the Kickstarter, because that guy gets Kickstarter films done. Yeah, yeah, we got to get him him on board for yeah. sure. So, Dave, I feel like I've learned a lot. Uh, this whole podcast was just an excuse for me to get you to direct my horror film. Um, but did you feel like you learned anything from this experience? Uh, I really, I think the best thing I learned was that um that cum stuff you said about what to use to make good fake cum that cream or whatever it was like i've already forgotten uh, what it was yeah uh, the fish liquid fish liquid yeah which sounds really gross just it's, it smells fish liquid. it smells terrible <laughs> and it's like white glop <laughs> it actually smell it smells fishy apparently it does I think I've just gotten used, I feel like I've gotten used to it, so I don't even notice it anymore, but I've been told it smells awful. Horrible. But yeah, so that that was a really good thing I learned. Yeah. Yeah. What I learned was is that Japan is run by <laughs> racist white people. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Dave Jackson, thank you so much for being on the show. But do you have any final tips? For people who urinate blood, um, I think if you urinate blood, just don't worry about it. It should be fine. Just keep um, trying to shoot out as much blood out of your penis as possible. Get it out of the system. Thank you. And now it's time for my sign-out phrase. Ross Purdy does strike dominate. 